Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season. Brought to you by News Talk. It's like a 9.60 a.m. I'm Matt McFarland. Pleased to be joined by my parents, Jack and Lynn. But to me, they're, they're mom and dad. Guys, how are you? Fantastic, Matthew. I'm fantastic also. Awesome. My dad and I got our first sunburns this past week. We were out on multiple sites. I've seen no less than seven different job sites in the past seven days. And dad was out with me on a bunch of them. And uh, his Irish fair skin sure took a beating. <laughs> <laughs> so did yours, Matthew. It did. Absolutely. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on show bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. All right. What's on deck for today? Splitting your perennials. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to get a divorce. They're splitting up. Pruning trees, pruning shrubs <laughs> in the spring. Right? What, what happened? What? What? <laughs> Oh, fantastic. As well as the piece de resistance is Julia DeMacos, our gardening angel, joins us once more towards the end of the show. She's telling us what she'll be seeding in this month, in the month of March. And actually, we're getting heading towards April, so she's probably seeded most of this stuff already. It's going to be a jam-packed show. In fact, so jam-packed that we have to get to getting. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. This is The Growing Season on News Talks, like a 9.60 a.m. On the other side, divorce lawyers aplenty because we're splitting up. All right, let's get to this. The growing season, news talks, like a 9.60 a.m. Well, you already know that because you're tuning in. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment. Please make sure that you're using it because, holy cow, the information is coming fast and furious. In fact, what's happened is the parents have prepped no less than three shows simultaneously, which means the amount of information that we have, usually that can be held by about a five-ton dump truck. Oh, ten shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we have barges worth of information. And uh, my dad's very, very excited about cows today. Yes? Yes, Matthew. Oxens. Oxens. And we're going to get into why. I, I'm actually frightened to know why. But uh, also, as I may mention, Julia DeMacos, JuliaMacos.com. She joins us towards the end of the show. Guys, spring is officially here. Yep. And in the eyes of our clientele, it's actually summer. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, have, you like, have you actually put a spade in the ground to see how much frost there is? No. Okay. I was on a job site. I was in the Oakville area two weeks ago, and I brought a spade out to set in the ground to, to set some ele- or, to, or to get some elevations, and I couldn't get a spade in the ground. No, you can't get down more than no. the top three or four inches. No, guys, come on. This is we're we're not ready yet. No. Listen, as a landscaper, you're talking. You're out on sites beginning middle of April. Yeah, I'm that's kind of where you begin. Mid second, third week, man. Yeah, of April. So. Yeah. Everybody slow down. Sure. And you know what? I don't think that we are out of winter officially. We're not done yet. But we're not done yet. No. We had that member last year. There was snow on May 11th. Yep. That was the most COVID thing to ever happen. Yeah. By the way, it was 2020. But but you know what? Do you want to hear something? One of the... One of the people I was conversing with on one of the socials, I can't remember which one, maybe Ontario Gardeners, and then they were saying they think the rodent's right. Do you agree? What, what are the, by the way, what, what do the rodents say? The rodents say early spring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, do you agree? I, listen, I, I don't place any of my... Any no, of no, my, I don't mean any of that, but do you, do you believe it's going to be I mean, if spring? you look outside right now, listen, if, if spring's two weeks early, bring it. Because at that point, then I get to be out on job sites two weeks early and that... Get more done. Yeah. And it also frees up a little bit of the springtime craziness, right? Because yeah. springtime, you got people... I had, I had a client in January. All right, so I want to be marked down for April 12th job start. I'm like, I, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. What if the frost is in the ground? I have, I have no idea. Plus, I had clients sign up before you. So, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. All right. So, we are going to chat about first, are we doing splitting perennials first? We will. But it ties into splitting perennials. All right, go. Okay. So, Matt, so in the fall, when, when plants are going to go to sleep, yeah. first, things, first thing that happens is ethylene drop, right? So, the, the leaves drop. Yep. Because of ethylene, okay? Yep. So then over the winter, they're, they're kept asleep by something called abscisic acid, okay? You, yep. you must know abscisic layer. You've Abscisic. Heard of it? Cisic yep. layer. By the and way, it, if Walter White's involved, it would be methylene. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Right? I say my name. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But anyways, Matt, this is what keeps them asleep, and this is what eventually wakes them up, okay? What? Methylene? No, the abscisic layer or area of acid, actually, in the actual plant itself. But, man, this is really cool because they wake up at different times according to the degradation of the actual uh, this acid within their system. So there's, once the sleeping medication wears off. You got it. And it's different for everybody. Speaking of hibernation, did you realize that what bears do is right prior to their big sleep, 
They eat a bunch of like twigs and sticks and, and stuff. The hell out of themselves. And they basically plug up their bum bums. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine the first movement of the year when you wake up? You must just be like, must be spectacular or, or painful. You're like in the splinters. No wonder the they splinters. need to get out of their den real quick. Yes. So Matt. Anyway, so. What is interesting about auxins? Now, let's flip to there for a second. Yeah. Now, auxins are produced in, in the stem and new growth, okay? So, it promotes cell elongation. In the past, Lynn, I knew all about cell elongation. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that, John. Not so, not so much anymore, right? Yeah, he did. He's a little so bit of root anymore. stim lately. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, boy. But, Matt, anyways, as I say, but they're also existing within the roots themselves. So yeah. they're in all the new tips within the roots themselves. Yeah. So then along comes Matthew with that nice sharp spade of his. Yeah. And he goes and he goes and he says, I'm going to dig up this... Chopsy flopsy. This hosta. Okay, let's okay. pick a hosta. And he, so let's make it cordifolia. There's your Latin alert, okay? Yeah. So anyways, Matt, here you go. And all of a sudden, all the hostas in the bed get, getting terribly scared because they hear the, the grinder going. Matt's yes. favorite little tool in, love it. in the world. Listen, Mother's Day's coming. Okay. Hint, hint. You want a grinder? You want an angle grinder? Yeah. For Mother's Day. Sure. You know what? Listen, honestly, Milwaukee tools. I love your tools. Listen, I got a, I got a, I got a little deal for you. I will say Milwaukee tools over and over and over and over again on the radio. If you sponsor the growing season and my mom needs a big, dirty, bright red Milwaukee angle grinder. I thought they were yellow. Milwaukee? Yeah. Well, they're, they're no, you're right. They're reds. Red. Yeah, yeah. DeWalt's yellow. But anyways, Matt, so when you, before you do anything, let's say pruning or digging up this perennial, the, the response from the oxen is very low. It's just kind of chilling, right? It's not doing much of anything. Yeah. But when you go and you physically cut into those root tips with that spade of yours, that nice sharp spade of yours, yeah. then there's a whole different reaction that happens. In your, in your whiteboard planning for this, yes. are we going to get into tools and how to deal with your tools in the spring? Is yes, this the we time are. Now? Very short. Okay. Yes. Like talking about this show or yeah, are we, we talking can, we can about... hit it. And, if and we I'm don't at, hit it in this show, we yeah, can okay. hit it Okay, next. because that is an important thing for sure. Sure, but Matthew, so anyway, so because they're in the tips of the roots, or they're also in the actual tips of the new growth that's happening above. So yeah. just think whatever's happening up top is also happening down below. And that's a really crucial thing. But Matt, the idea with these oxygens is they don't do a lot when, when they're kind of in the dormant period. But as the soil warms up and so forth, then they start operating at peak efficiency. Yeah. So when you go to dig these things up and you move them out, all of a sudden now you've cut a lot of these, these little tips of their root system. Yeah. And now they're unable to actually carry out a lot of their functions. So the other roots take over. Now, if you think about it, Matt. So I shouldn't be splitting my hostas? No, you should be. Because they, they have a lot of other root systems that are in close nodes that are in close that can, can take over. Okay? This okay. is another thing. But think about perennials for a second. Second. Ooh, ooh, almost said something wrong there. <laughs> there, was a, there was a word there. I, I know, say, yeah. but just think about it, Matt. They they would probably take anywhere from a month or two to recover from you doing chopping the, at them, chopping at them, and splitting them into say three or four pieces. Speaking of chopping at them and splitting in like three or four pieces, we saw on another site. Uh, many thanks to Miss Melly Colucci for having us on her site. Cannot wait to build what we are going to design for her. But she had a she had she had a wisteria on site that just has decided. Like many other wisteria, I'm not going to bloom. F you, Melly. I won't bloom. Right? And I, I've, to, I've told the story. And actually, I told her the story about taking the spade and chopping at the wisteria's root system because when they get too comfortable, they just choose not to bloom. I agree. And right? it, it also has a lot to do, Matthew, sometimes with maybe you're feeding it too much. Maybe you're watering it too yeah. much. Or maybe you're Biscotti you're doing, at 10.30 a.m. Sure, Ooh, and, and too much care. It does sound delicious, doesn't but, it? But Matt, back to the perennial for a sec. Yeah. So anyways, they, they will recover generally within a month, two months at, at the most, right? Yeah. But if you take a large tree and you go and do the same thing to it, you come along and you hack away and by the time you move it away and basically you're removing all these root tips, what you're also doing is you're removing all its ability to do all this other th the other things, okay? So in other words, Matt, you need years in order for it to recover. So it's the, a tree. The, the, the larger the size of the horticultural organism, the longer it takes to recover. Absolutely. No doubt. So you go and start doing root pruning on a frickin' sequoia, oh it's five years down the road oh, before at it's least. recovered. At least. Remember my Asculus hippocastanum outside here? By the way, thank you, Dad, for we are... <laughs> I've got no less than 15 or 20 things that I have to put on the horse on chestnut. Bits. Yes. Okay. You remember when we first put it in? Yeah, but. And it, it did very little of anything? Yeah. 
Okay, it's because, number one is, a lot of it has to do with auxins, okay? Because these auxins tell a plant okay, to do... what is this? What, what are they? They are... It's it's naturally found within a plant or a it's tree. It's a chemical, itself. it's a hormone, what it's is It's a this? hormone. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So the idea, Matt, these things are so crucial to the growth of a plant, okay? Now, do they not have them when they're young and they have to go through puberty? <laughs> no. That's what I was asking no. him earlier. Seriously? Yeah. Right? No? No. Oh. That's really weak, Matthew. <laughs> Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying. It's a hormone. You know, it's a hormone. Well, yeah. Matt, just think about that for a minute. So they take all this time to recover. So a person says, oh, I put a tree in for, the, it's been sitting in the ground for five years and it hasn't done anything because it just sits there and does nothing. Well, yeah. no, it's doing lots. You just don't see it. Now, it's below ground. Okay. Your sunset rubrum yes. on your front lawn, it's doing nothing. It's doing nothing. I and think yeah, has- my, my my bliss in my backyard is just going absolutely oh i know guns you care for that thing like you wouldn't believe too you water it all yeah, the time and it's you true fertilize it That's all true. the time yeah, yeah. me i get around to it every once in a while right but matt, but think about this matt so now you're you're getting down to moving this perennial so mom do you know the proper way to move a perennial uh yes i do and what's great about uh perennials it's water, called splitting by splitting, the way is that uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving? You know, if you take splitting, it's no, the keep the keep. It's the no, gift that keeps the on giving. Is Different kind because, of splitting. Yeah, the perennial is. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it rhymes. You I put did. okay. You put a perennial in. Now, the only question I have to ask you, Jack, is okay. So I planned a pretty little blanket flower, one of my favorite flowers. I can't split it the first year it's in. How many years does it need? How many seasons does it need to be healthy enough to be split or to be established enough? Well, it depends on how it reproduces, right, Matt? If it's if it's if you're going to be doing it vegetatively by when you're taking four pieces out of it, say from a hosta, yeah. But if you're taking something and if some of them, if it's done by seed, like a morning glory, yeah. oh gosh, you can just keep doing it <laughs> well, and do whatever. You plant one of those things, and it's and you've got them. And yeah. the diversity is going to change according to our little friend, the bee, right? Right. But Matt, the the idea is then just think about that. Years and years and years. To wait around and people say, oh, nothing's happening and well, lots is happening. You just can't see it because, again, it's below the ground. Right. But, Matt, the idea is when you're moving this perennial that you want to split, what is the best way to go about it? Lynn, again. First of all, water the perennial thoroughly, but also make sure that your tools that you're using are sharpened and sanitized. How? Well, okay, well, obviously the angle grinder that you get from Mother's Day, you can sharpen yep. your tools with. Matt's got 14 of those. You're going to have your own little angle grinder, I promise hey, you. You and Aaron work it out. Anyhow, the other thing that uh, you have to do is make sure your tools are sanitized. Really? Okay. Legitimately, 100%, I have never sanili- sanitized. No. That one's on me. Now, it's not... I know I can't definiate between sanitized and sanitized, but that one's on me. I have never sanitized my falcons. Wait, no, why? Why is it so important? Then say well, because if you've pruned anything that's got anything, whether it be fungus blight, any sort of, any sort of, like, um, what's the word? Disease, like, disease or something yeah. like that. You're, it's going to be transferring. Oh, actually, over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never done it either, but I'm going to do it so, now. So, mom, what's the what's the solution? Okay, the solution is uh, one one part uh, vinegar, one part bleach to nine parts water okay okay so now are you suggesting dad that i have a jug of this crap in my pickup i would no i would especially if you're doing anything with wait a minute yes i would i would say if you're doing anything with a lot of roses printing up a lot of roses and so we don't forth, plant a lot of roses no no but you're pruning a lot of roses we're gonna be printing some in the very near future coming up yeah, yeah. so you've got to make sure that that make sure that those clippers don't have anything on there that on might them. transfer any sort of disease i gotta tell you i have a job in, i have a design that i'm doing out of the water down area and she wants girly 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 okay she wants to take all the girl switches all mm-hmm. that stuff and dial it way up i'm putting roses on a job site for the first oh, yeah, time or on a, on a yeah. landscape for the first time and i can't even remember when so can we tackle some of the thornless stuff yeah what's up mom what's up well the solution first of all uh, it only lasts two hours. So you can't make some on a Thursday and use it on a Saturday. It's ineffective. Okay? What, really? Yeah. No, it and has you to be have, within. Yeah, it's yeah. very short And you have frame. to have your tools in it for, you have to have your tools in it for 30 minutes for proper disinfection. Well, just dunk my And let them sit. So have a tub and make the solution, pour it in. Is that going to rust my focals out? No, no, no. Just give what you got it. All sorts of oils that you use for your chainsaws and everything, Matt. Just put a little wipe of oil on them and you're ready to go. But by the Matt, way, it, it, by the way, Matt, no, you've really got to, you know, just think of it for one minute. I have never, I have never sanitized. No, have you ever no. wondered why certain things are happening? Like, was why, it my fault? 
No, but the problem <laughs> problem is Matt. Let's I might have given I'm, a Korean spice by burning powdery mildew. Yeah, and he's not even know it. Right? Yeah, no, seriously, you could that's sure. COVID for but plants. with the roses, yeah. Matt, you really are okay. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, here's here's a little tip. And not that we're on the on the tools right now, but we've kind of ventured into that area. Here's a, here's a little tip. A friend of mine is a is a heavy machinery mechanic, and I remember opening up his one of his his those big dad those big red like husky or snap on toolboxes on wheels like yeah like talking about eight thousand dollars worth of stuff in there and you open up his toolbox and it's it these things are glistening they, they look incredible and i said to him i said how old are your sockets here he goes i don't know 10 or 12 years old i said 10 or 12 years old he goes, how often do you use these things he goes every day so well why are they so beautiful looking he goes every single time i take one of those tools out the end of the day i take my wd-40 and just give the whole drawer a squirt Wow. And he said the number one thing that ruins tools is, is, rust. is rust. So what I do too is even with my Falcos, you'll see me on a, on a job site at the end of the day. Hit them, hit them with a little WD-40. My Falcos have never rusted. No, wow. I, I'm not saying that we do it all the time. But what I'm saying, Matt, is if you are working on a, a things that have a lot of problems, okay? So yeah, like if you're talking roses, if you're talking something like the Carl Sci Viburnum, Talking like stuff that, yeah. that is that is super prone to getting stuff. And clean the tools. Absolutely clean the tools. And they're even talking about transference with your your hand tools, like for digging spades in the ground and so forth, Matt. There's when you can you really... Gotta, I got to I gotta sanitize my spades? Yeah. Well, they say, yes, because yeah. you wouldn't believe the amount of things that you can yep. transfer from one site to the other. What about, my, what about the bottoms of my work boots? No. 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 <laughs> Anyhow, to divide this perennial, then take your sharpened spade and dig around it like a cork. Pop it out of the ground. Now... The thing that I read said, shake the soil off the roots. We, we never don't do that. do that. We don't do that. Yeah. Because you know what? I would be afraid that I'm... You got all the fibers coming off. Yeah. No, it's those, it's those nodes yeah. again, man. How many, yeah. how many of these are you going to cut? You got to leave some in there so that they eventually will form new root systems. Pre-dig- but then again, too, what if this thing's got something in the topsoil... That you don't know about. And now you're spreading it yeah, around. Yeah, that's true. That's sure. true. At so least you can have a look, I guess. I think it's a personal choice. You've already pre-dug the hole. You know where you're going to put this perennial, so be aware of what it wants or it's its little split little brother. Pop it in and uh, water it and then put some PK fertilizer on it. PK is what? Put Phosphorus and potassium. Yeah. Okay. Stomp it down with your feet a bit. Not the perennial, but the earth around it. And water you're good to go, man. Fertilize. And this is where we have clients that, that, that ask us about the, as far as investment goes, where is it, what is it better to invest in? Should I be investing in annuals? Should I, should, should I be investing in perennials? If you are a client that is going to be out in your garden working, invest in perennials. Because if you're not afraid of splitting, you've got that hookra for forever and ever and ever. Because you just keep splitting it off and keep moving it around, mm-hmm. right? Or if the one section of the hookra's died, you have its its progeny over there 15 feet the other way, right? It's hostas, any of these things. And the number of times I've been on site, the client says, oh, you know, it's hostas getting really big. And I just I grab my spade and shink, you put it in the middle. And the customer's like, oh my God, it's murder. Like, no, 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 no. We're just going to move it around. A lot of times this comes down to clients are scared to do anything. They're almost paralyzed to move. So wait a minute. So that, that's a good point, Matt. So when, when I was dealing with a lot of customers over the years, clients, they would always say that they were afraid to prune, okay? Yeah, absolutely. So would you would you tell them that once and for all, Matt, that plants don't draw, die from pruning? Okay, plants do not die from pruning, but there's a caveat here. And it's funny because Dad and I were talking about this with a client actually with, with Melly on her site this past weekend. And we were talking about how when we have newbies on the site, it's when it comes to pruning, first of all, Generally, our new guys are not allowed to do any of the pruning. On right? the sensitives, especially. Yeah. So, like, they'll end up doing the cleanup or, or whatever. Okay. So, for instance, one of my new guys, Mike, uh, I got him a pair of Falcos last year. And by the end of the season, he was allowed to touch the nine barks. He was allowed to touch the dogwoods. He was allowed to touch the whatever. You're not getting anywhere near anything Acer palmatum. That's Japanese maple. And thank you for the Latin alert. You're not getting any anywhere near roses. Any of the stuff that is... Even the hydrangeas, even the types of clematis, all this type of stuff where you have to know when to prune this or how, especially roses. Oh, my goodness. And hydrangeas. Well, but hydrangeas, you can... Roses, they want a specific... Yeah. Like a specific cut at a specific spot. So, wait a minute. So, Matt, here's a good question for you then. So, why why an angle cut 
uh, to say a straight cut across? Why when you make your cut onto well, a... Well, the angle cut increases the surface area of the cut and it also promotes healing quicker. Yes, and it also allows moisture to run off yep. and it keeps moist, uh, some fungus and spores from building up on the plant itself, on that branch. But just a straight cut, Matthew. Straight and across. also too, guys, okay, I see so many debates and actually they're raging right now on Ontario Gardeners and they're actually raging on Canadian Horticulture, which is the group that that I helped to start on Facebook. Canadian Horticulture is the name. Find us on Facebook, okay? And there, and there's a big raging, raging debate on whether or not to get yourself what they call an anvil cut secateur or garden pruner, whatever you want, a hand pruner, or a side cut, okay? Here is the definitive answer. I've been involved in horticulture for 32 years. Do not get an anvil cut, ever. So for our audience, it's like, what are you talking about? An anvil cut is this is it's got almost, it has a, a flat or like a cutting board end on the one side and then the scissor on the it. other. Yeah. And then you put the branch in and it sits on this cutting board looking like the flat thing. And then you, you put the, the, the pruner down onto it and it literally squeezes the branch, crushes it, and then cuts it. Whereas the side cutters like the Falco, notice that Falco's, visit Falco.com, Falco's do not offer an anvil cut. It's always side cutters. Both sides of the blades cut snip. at the same time. Wouldn't That's the it. anvil cutter damage oh, the branch well, or stem you, of the plant? You completely. So you notice that the cheaper companies, the companies that are not offering quality like Felco is offering, they're offering anvil cuts. Felco will not do it. Good for Felco. I agree, Matt. And the thing is, when you pinch this, then you're damaging the tissue. You're, everything. You're not just making the cut. You've you've now traumatized the end of the branch. And again, if it's a if it's a nine bark, who the hell cares? I or agree. a dogwood. I but do. if nine it's, marks are but if it's a rose, if it's a rose, if it's a Japanese maple, right? If it's uh, even some of the dwarf firs, any of those ones that are really finicky, you start you start smushing the end of the branch off. I agree. You're yeah. going to completely traumatize. So, it. man, you know what a note is, right? On a on a actual stem or on a a branch itself. You know what yeah, the, the node is? the node is the area where the bud's going to form. Okay. Yes. See, actually, actually, no. It's actually the space between where the bud is going to form. Okay. Okay, so that's the node. And what is really crucial is when people are doing their cuts in the spring or whenever they're pruning, you always try to keep the cut on a slight angle Yeah. right next to the actual bud that's just about ready to form. If you leave that one inch or two inches of extra length, what you end up happening is you're going to get this dead area. Yeah. You're going to get a, a different brown color or so forth, or it'll eventually turn gray or whatever. But remember, cut it tight to the node, slight angle, and you'll be good to go. But how do you how do you explain then when you are using a pair of gas powered suckers? Like you're not going in and individually pruning every individual branch, right? So you're going to get dead anyway because I mean, when I'm going, you're not going to notice it, guys. Okay, so okay, so when you're pruning, okay, let's go back to our little friend oxen for a minute. Yeah. Okay, so Ooh. oxen oxen is is, is actually <laughs> yeah. oxen's responsible for shape. Of your, of your plant, your okay. tree, or whatever. So your pyramidal, your elongated, your circular, whatever you can think of. No squares and no clouds, okay? Okay. Oh, I can't stand that. Neither do I. Oh, know. I can't stand it. And you know what? I, I absolutely, I absolutely hate, hate, hate when... All right, I have an example. On a client's site, the, the neighbor beside them had taken three tricolor fagus... Okay, so that tricolor beach, the most glorious looking beach out there. Unbelievable. Looks like, I don't know, it looks like beach on acid. Okay. For our clients that haven't seen it or for our audience that hasn't seen it, growingseasoncanada.com, click, click on Showbits, there's a picture of them right there. Okay. They've taken three tricolor fagus, sylvatica, all right, and pruned them, dad, into cones. Oh, Why? I don't know. You're going to be on the site. You're going to be on the site this summer and you're going to turn your head and go, what the heck happened to the beach? They prune them like cones. Wow. Awful. But yeah. you know, Matt, so, so when, you, when you're out there, and, okay, do we have to flip to the other side of the show? We yeah, got or? a minute, 10 seconds. Okay, so, so Matt, when you really go, important. Okay, so Matt, when, you, when you're going out into the garden in the spring and you want to start doing pruning and you not, start noticing a lot of suckering. Yeah. Do you know what that's caused by? Well, isn't the suckering have to do with it's, it's the like rapid growth coming off of the top of the root system? No. Mom? Suckering is caused by damage to the roots, to the tree. It's kind of a defense mechanism. And what it, it could be damaged, say there was a really bad windstorm and 
The tree got rocked and the roots, some of the roots got So should loose. I be cutting the suckers away? Always cut the suckers away. But See, if it's a response to some it's damage. It's not. It's not. What, it, what is also mad, it could also be because the tree gets older and so forth, and then therefore the, the graft is breaking down. So it's getting old. So it is graft-related. It yeah. is graft-related in the so end. So then do non-grafts sucker or no? Oh, things sucker depending on the tree. Some worse than others. But Matt willows are really trees. bad. Oh, they're the ma- fruit trees, yeah. like crab apples. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Well, I mean, any, anything fruiting is a But beca- my, Matt, one of the biggest ones, okay, is people going around with their whippersnippers, their trimmers. And girdling and, them off. And doing damage to the trunk itself. And that will create sucker. Awesome. Now, she's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. On the other side, we're going to pick this right up where we left off. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. Join us on the other side. SeasonCanada.com on Showbits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. Actually, I should have said, we're back, suckers! Yeah. <laughs> Mom? No, don't suckers also sap the energy of the tree? Yes, it does. It takes away from all the necessary energy that goes into other things like people want flowering, growing of leaves, and so forth. So yeah, suckers, matter are inferior, to say the least, and they should always be pruned away. We have a number of clients that ask about fruiting trees. And our consistent response is don't, don't do them. If you're not, if you're not willing to be out there in January pruning these things, if you're not willing, it's a whole other animal than just a regular ornamental tree or whatever, right? These things, you have to prune them at a certain time. They're prone to bugginess. They're prone to blight. They're prone to fungus. They're prone to all kinds of stuff. Yes. Sure. And Matt, in in this, in uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, show three. Yeah. We're going to get into a lot on edibles, and we'll tell you the exact way to do it. Yeah. But Matt, for the most part, when you come to pruning, do you prune or you do not prune? Okay, that's the question, right? So, the, the geez, that sounds familiar. Yeah. But, but Matt, anyways, if, if, the, if there's been damage over the winter, for instance, yeah. okay, so you prune all that away. Branches that cross over each other, we call them crossovers. They get cut away because that yeah. w- rubbing against each other will create disease and, and fungus and Rubbing so against each other creates babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Not in plants, though. Okay. okay. Come on. You had to know yeah, that you are walking into that. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. sorry, Matt. Or if they're especially, Matt, if they're early bloomers. Okay, so something like Forsythia intermedia spectacularis, uh, showy golden bell, uh, nope. Magnolia exfoliata, oh, yeah. and there's another one. And again, you know what? I as a honestly, I as a rule don't really like the early spring ones. Like, yeah, customers go on about hellebore. Great, it does that in the spring, and then the rest of the year. Okay, so here's a big one. I happen to like Forsythia. Matt. Yeah. No, yeah. I, well, I think, we're finding a new third no. uh, co-host here. Do you know third, what, is, Matthew? <laughs> I would turn to. I would change over the cornice moss in a minute. Hey. Eh? If you're going to put cherry. forsythia in, put yeah. Japanese caria in. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing ours blooming. It's way better. Okay, so Matt, here's a big question. So, so Heisternansis stuff, okay, stuff that uh, bloom before they leave. What's what's the big deal there? Why are they doing it? Because they're awesome. No. Why? Yes. No. Why? They're not awesome? No, they're awesome, but <laughs> why are they doing it? I don't know. I guess they're getting their... Well, because these guys, these guys have sex before they eat. Like they're having sex very, very soon. Just yes? Think, yes and no. Now, just think about this. They're, all winter long, they're storing energy. They, ha- they haven't got any leaves. So they have all this, you know. So they're naked. Pent up energy. <laughs> and they want to have, before, the, before all those leaves come on, Matt, they want to be able to have sex. Okay? Yeah, but you have said on numerous occasions. But I lie a lot. Oh, I know. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you have said on numerous occasions that... It's all order of operations. It's bed mass for plants, right? Brackets. Yeah. Yes. Division, yes. Right. So where what you got to do is they first they got to like get the root system established and they got to leaf. Then they have to eat. Then they have sex. But this forsythia is like, I don't, this forsythia has a bit of a <laughs> sexual addiction. It like, doesn't well, want care. the dinner. It I don't want to go That's to right. yeah, I like my dessert first. Thank okay. You. Look, it's got to be, it's, it's number one. It's, it's got to do with access to pollinators. Okay. Yeah, but so, what is out this early? 
lot are going to be coming out. Like your uh, hamamelis right right now. No, 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 no. As far as pollinators, pollinators. I've seen some out today. Actually, yeah, but the, it doesn't make sense because the forsythia sometimes are coming out at the end of February. No. Yes. Never in a million years. Okay, fine. Early March. Mid-March to end March. Okay, but how many bees do you see out in mid-March to the end of March? Warm days are out and about. We I saw them. We saw, we saw them beetles right. this morning. I'm well. just saying, man. No, but just, just think of this for a minute, Matt. Normally speaking. It's premature. Leaf first. Yeah. Bloom second. That's right. Sex. That's okay? why magnolia is stupid. But we have these ones that have, have them beforehand. They have the flowers and then the leaves. So, Matt, what are some of the negative things of doing it this way? Well, then the, in your garden, you have a big green blob the rest of the year, and it's a stupid shrub. No. What? That's not the main negative. Could the flowers get frozen off if we That's were to have a, negative. a cold snap? See, there's no leaves to actually help protect the blooms. And let and me tell you, off. if your saucer magnolia doesn't saucer it, then it is even more useless. Okay, so, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I like magnolias. Sorry. But they don't do anything. No. But, Mac... Back the truck up, Chuck, for a minute. Let's see. Wait a minute. That's Whoa, not bad, actually. That's actually really good. I like that. Okay. So, Matt, just think of this a minute. So, all of our, our stone crops are stone fruits, right? Yep. So, you take our- You shouldn't call them stone crops because there is a plant called stone crops. Okay. That's confusing. It's a sedum spectabar. We're not even going anywhere near that. Yeah, but, exactly. Matt, anyways. That's the fault. All of our stone fruits, yeah. like, say, prunus persica, which is your peach, yeah. uh, prunus avium, which are your cherries, yeah. they all bloom before they leave. That's right. And so, why are they doing it? I get, is the bloom, is the early bloom, does it have something to do with the fruit? They got to get the bloom out of the way and then and then pour all the energy into they the want, fruit. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They want to get all their energy into that fruit so they can get lots of yield. Okay? I Man, I wish cherries, I wish cherries were not prone to so much stuff. Yeah. Because they are so beautiful. And there's, again, we have a rule, right? It has to do more than one thing. Now, then again, Schubert cherry might be the greatest ornamental tree out there ever. Sure. They're incredible. But- for the most part, the cherries, you can't plant these things because you know at some point it's getting something. It's getting canker. It's going to get sun scald. It's going to get, there's a whole litany of things that these things get that they're just, they're so finicky. Sure. And we're going to get into that show three, Matt, like especially white pine blister canker. Okay. That's going to explain <laughs> the like reason. A that's yeah. a real, that's one of the white blind, white, white pine, pine blister, blister not, canker. Yeah, white pine blister is not bad enough. They got to try to say that backwards. Well, yeah. right? It's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah. You're getting, you're getting infected. So, so Matt, anyways, if you're out in, the, in a boat in the garden, would you just say people should just go and aimlessly start pruning? No. Why? Because like different things need to be pruned differently. Sure. Right. Listen, I have a number of clients that are jumping up and down for me to get on their site to be pruning some of their evergreens right now. And my first thing is, listen, if you New enjoy growth, yeah, if you enjoy spending your money foolishly, fine, let me come out and I'll prune. The issue being is that by the time middle of June hits, I have to come back. Sure. Because so, they're going to put brand new growth. Sure, after the flowering normally. Okay, so well, but, evergreens don't really flower. Sure, no, no, but I'm talking for evergreens after they get the the new growth yeah. on them, and then everything else after they flower. And they're the cutest. So, oh yeah. So, oh, when they put the new growth on, there's little fluffy okay. ends. Oh, they're yeah. So, cute. They're so, cute. so Matthew, why do pine. we prune in the spring then? Well, pruning in the spring would be more for form. You got it right. So, architectural stuff. Sure. Right. Like, or do we have sagging branches? As you're saying, crossers, rubbers, crossers, rubbers, runners. Right. Stuff that shouldn't be there is going against the the natural form, right? So if you have a tree that has a very widespread canopy, but you're noticing branches that are literally going back in towards the trunk at a 45 degree angle, that is what you would be pruning off in the spring. Now on a maple, you wouldn't be doing that in January, February, when you would be doing your, your fruit trees. You would be doing that end of March, early April, right? But you're just pruning for form. You're not pruning for like you're pruning for architectural, structural stuff. Sure. And, and again, Matt, we, we're not getting into specifics right now. We're talking generalizations. Yeah. But when you were talking growing back into towards the trunk on a 45, if you take things like standards, for instance, yeah. you don't want them growing back in towards the trunk. You no. want them free form. Well, you that's want an them artificial open. month. Jack, aren't you also pruning to get away, get rid of any broken branches, any discolored no branches, like no damage? Winter damage, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, before you do any of this, Please take everything off the trees that you put on for the winter. Take all the yeah, netting you know off what, and the Dad, stakes. Listen, Dad, Rabbit this guards. Is, this is, listen, Dad, you're, you're spot on here. Great, great point. Look, if you've got trees that are burlapped, hopefully your, your, your burlap was off by now. 
because you are, this is like wearing. Micro and I, Mike, Michael waving them, yeah, right? Yeah, like this is like wearing a sweater to the beach in the middle of July. Yeah. And right? it's, it's a little, little steps are important, Matt, but there, there's no way we can cover this topic in, in uh, whatever it is today, 38 minutes. No, it's impossible. Because we have Julie on. But yeah. Matt, there's so many things, but we're going to hit specifics, okay? We're going to get into that eventually. But if you had to pick one thing you want to hit uh, quickly, what would it be? On with what time? So how much time do we have left? We have got five minutes. Okay, let's hit uh, roses. Okay, oh boy, for okay, okay for one minute. Oh okay, so wait a minute before we get Jeez. into the pruning thing, I want you to explain something to me. What the what's the what's the deal with all the leaves on the on the roses? What do they mean? So, from what I've been told, if you have if you see a specific three leaf formation on the rose. That is the rose telling you this is where I should be pruned. Yes? No. No. Okay. No, no, it wasn't, wasn't bad, Matt, but no. Okay, so if you see five or seven leaves on a rose, okay, so yeah. you've got nice dark green leaves, not not too much black spot or anything else, or you don't have which every is, which is impossible. Every pregnant mite, <laughs> aphid, and thripe on them. But no, no, Matt, but if you do have that, okay, so if you see the five or the seven leaves and they look nice dark green and they look healthy, that is a perfectly healthy rose, okay? But when you see three, three, all it means is it's juvenile. It's young. Okay. It hasn't produced, uh, formed in all the leaves yet. But when you see anything over seven, that is suckering. Prune all that away. Okay. So when you, when you see so when that you later see, on okay, in the spring. But when you say five, is that coming off of one branch? One branch leaflets. Okay. So it would okay. be five so or have, seven. So you have the single branch stem coming off. You see five or seven. Yes. If you see three, don't prune that yet. No, that's juvenile. juvenile. Yeah, and, and if you any, see nine, that's too many. Seven or nine, anytime you'll see that. Okay, they'll be a lot smaller, and you, you prune those away because that is all suckering. You will not get flower. You will just get leaf, and it will eat. That's all it does. But Matt, anyways, when you go to start pruning that rose in the spring, whatever it is, whether it's a ground of flora or a flora bunder or whatever you you have in your garden, so let's pick the ground of flora for instance. So let's say that they're they're the taller rose. So yeah. you can pick varieties like let me think here for a second, Dick Clark or or. Uh, Earth song, something like that, Matt. Yeah. And the idea is, Matt, everything with roses, if it's healthy to begin with, then you don't go need you don't need to prune it a lot. Okay. So generally speaking, the less you prune your rose, the better you're going, the more blooms you're going to get. How's that? Yes. So, but if you think about it in the early spring when the rose is looking its worst, no, no leaves, no flowers, well, no nothing, or until it's getting ravaged by beasts. Sure. All the way through this stinking season. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, it's all about buffet. Oh, it's all about mains and laterals on roses. Okay, the mains come up from the base, from the very set part just above the graft, yeah. and you'll see them come up. Now, and they, according to you, I have I have a mane on, on my back. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but Matt, you don't get any blooms on the mains. Okay, so yeah. and so here's the catch: the more you prune the mains the less bloom you're going to get over the season. So every time you touch that bloody mane, what it does is it tries to regrow the leaves. You get less bloom because all the bloom occur on the laterals. Okay, so you can prune those laterals as much as you want, but you will just, you know that will not affect the bloom. But when you start touching those bloody manes, Matt, then yeah. you start, all of a sudden you start interfering with the amount of flower that you're going to get so, on that. So the plant. laterals are the ones that are almost parallel to the ground. The mains are your... Straight up. Straight up. And so, Matt, it's just a matter of, you know, being careful with them in the spring. Yeah. Okay, so people will go along and they, they'll knock them. So the, you got to be careful right off the bat because the, some of the roots are very close to the surface and that kind of idea. But again, you see a discolored branch, cut it away. Or you see a, a crossover branch, you cut it away. Or canes, they're actually called on, on yeah. a rose. Yeah. So the idea is you want to have them as healthy as possible. What's that, Lynn? And when you cut this stuff away and it drops to the ground, don't leave it there. There's a possibility it could be diseased. Rake it up, put it in your compost. Always with roses, Matthew. I'm going to say, yeah, there's not a possibility with roses. Bank on it being diseased. No, I, I, I absolutely they agree. Just, okay. But if a person is doing something from scratch and they've never done roses before, then then get into your your prickly roses, your your Grutendorfs and your... Go with uh, your shrub. Burgoses. Yeah, burgoses. It's easy. Sure. And again, they're not... Most of those are grown right from the, from the they're understock. Natives. They're natives. Sure. And, yeah, and, and they're pretty too. And well, things, they're not... Yeah. They're not They're not at last by any means. No, no, they're not. But that, you know, think about it, Matt. They've been around for 35 million years. And so they, they're definitely our survivors. But everybody out there has, has a different knack or way of taking care of their roses. I'm just saying that if you're going to go and do it, 
you must, first of all, before you plant these things in your garden and you have to take care of them the following year, especially in the spring, then just be aware of what you're getting and what you're planting. Wonderful. Okay, so coming up next, we're going to be chatting with Julie Demakos, our veggie guru, juliedemakos.com. Now, you're going to notice a bit of a change in, in audio quality here. This was actually pre- pre-recorded during major, major lockdown. Here we go. Julia DeMacos, juliedemakos.com. You know that, uh, you know those commercials when the kids are going back to school? It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah. right? So for us, it's the most wonderful time of the month when our veggie guru, Jay Dizzle, a.k.a. Julia DeMacos, joins us because she's an absolute angel. She's fantastic. And again, backstage during the commercial break, which we tend to extend when we have Julia on, she was talking about hydrating her seeds and she was getting very excited and very very animated and in fact uh leaving myself and my mom out of the conversation oh, you guys were chatting about seed hydration explain this so certain seeds they need to be soaked in order to germinate they're very very dry a typical common one is sweet peas for example if you grow sweet pea flowers from seed then it's recommended to soak them first overnight and then what happens is they kind of inflate and then it just allows that seed coat to break open and germinate. So that's what we're talking about. So another one of those other ones that you want to do that for is loofah. If you're growing loofah, I'm trying to grow loofah for the first time this year and I'm really, really excited. And it needs a really long growing period to reach, you know, the size it needs to get to because of where we live here in the north. It's just too cold. So it needs to be started a long time in advance. So that's what I'm doing this month. Uh, but you need to soak them overnight first, and then after they've been soaked, then you would plant them. Okay, so now I use a loofah in the shower. Is this the same type of loofah? <laughs> this is it. You can grow your own sponge and bring self-sufficiency to the next level, right? <laughs> grow your own body sponge and dish sponge. That's called a loofah. And then afterwards, yeah. after you're yeah. done using it in the shower, you can boil it and eat it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. But it's the same plant as a cucumber, right? It's a cucumber, cucumis plant. It's the same as a pumpkin, squash, cucumber. That's all the same family. Gourds is one of those. And okay. you would you can eat it as a vegetable when it's young, or you can let it dry up to seed stage, peel back the skin, shake out the seeds, and you've got yourself a dish sponge or a body sponge. Oh. This is yeah. unbelievable. Oh. Okay, yeah. so Julia, it's pretty cool. Julia DeMacco yeah. terribly, 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 terribly boring. Too. Yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, I think that's really interesting. That's <laughs> really interesting. Okay, so Julius is Ju- Julius Julius Caesar. Julia <laughs> is going to join us in the spring here, just because she's out. She's, she's out and about doing a bunch of seeding, and she has taken the love of gardening and turned the switches all the way up to eleven all across the board. Okay, so Julia, in March, what are you seeding right now? So chili pepper, you want to get your chili pepper started early. They need a really long growing window. They grow so slowly. So you want to start them now. And you also want to start sweet peppers. Chili peppers need a little bit more time, but I'd like to grow them around the same time. I find sweet grows a little bit faster, but you want to start them now. March is the perfect time. Eggplant as well is one of the slowest crops to grow from seed. And you want to start them now. There's so many great eggplants available in the market so many varieties you'll never find them at the nursery so this is why i like to start my own and then you also want to try the loofah if you're going to grow loofah start the loofah don't start your pumpkins now don't start you know any other cucumber family only loofah you can start that now okay okay uh and but so first and then another one comes it really for vegetables this month i'm going to talk about the herbs now and there's a lot of herbs you could start in march and so what you could start now is Lovage. Have you heard of Lovage? Uh, yeah, I've heard of Lovage. Well, oh, I, mean, I, I happen oh. to be in love with my wife. Is that the same as that? Same thing? <laughs> yeah. Lovage. Yeah. Not exactly. I've heard okay. of it. Lovage is a European type of herb. It looks a lot like parsley, but it's not. It's got like the best flavor. It's a perennial. It grows here. Once you have it, you have it. And it grows like exponentially. So the first year will be a foot tall second year be three feet and then it'll be six feet and then you just have it forever and it is instead of actually it's cross between like a parsley and the celery so you could use the ribs you know and chop them up and add them to your soups but the flavor that the leaves have is just i can't even describe it it's it's way better than a parsley and it makes soup taste delicious so lovage you can start that mm. now and you don't need to do anything special to it just plant the seed you don't have to put it in the fridge there's any cold treatment nothing and then you would also want to start parsley now because it's, it's similar. Parsley, parsley root, if you're looking to grow that. You can start sage now. 
and thyme and chives and oh. oregano. Oh. So oh. last month we started onions. Yeah. Chives need less time. So you can start、oh. your chives now or you can wait till the end of March and start your chives. But it's a, March is a good time for that. And oregano too. So oregano is perennial. So is sage and so is thyme and so is the lovage. So there's a bunch of perennials there you could start, which are great. Once you have them, you have them, right? And then, oh, another one you can start now, which is a vegetable. And the only reason is because you can get them out to the ground before the final frost date is collards and escaroli. Do you know what those are? Okay, I know, <laughs> I know,、uh, know collard greens. Yeah, I know collards. Yeah. Collard greens. So, collard, it looks like it's a member of the Brassica family.、Yep. It's similar、oh. to、uh, a cabbage, but it's not. It's similar to a broccoli, but it's not. So, it's like the <laughs> leaves that. It's the、mm-hmm. leaves of. It's as though you're growing a broccoli minus the florets. So、oh, okay. Yeah. So those can be started now and you can get them out into the ground before the final frost date. So if you check out my website, I have an outdoor planting calculator. If you put the final frost date into it, you can find out the exact date to, to plant it out in your area. And then escaroli is like a type of chicory and it's lovely. They sell it at the store. You can find it there and it's bitter if you like that flavor, but that can go out early too. And I bet you you can start radicchio as well right now and kind、oh. of they're all same. And then, in terms of flowers, if you grow flowers from seed, and I do, actually, I forgot to mention one more herb、yeah. chamomile. It's kind of a flower. Oh, c h a m o m i l e Yes. Looks、okay. like、chamomile. a little daisy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't pick every single one of them when you have them, then you can perennialize them. So, what that, why, how they perennialize it, if you leave a few flowers on the plant, there's like gazillions of seeds in each、yeah. little flower head, and they will drop, or you can shake them to the ground, and you'll get more chamomile that way. So, once、oh. you have chamomile, As long as you don't pick every single flower off at the end of the season, you will have it for a long time. So that was the first flower slash herb. And then you can plant Rudbeckia now, phlox. You can plant cosmos now. They need a、oh, long time.、Cosmos. Geraniums. I mentioned them last month, but you can still have a chance to plant the pelargonium seeds now. Hollyhock, which is biennial.、Mm. And if you have it, you may have it. If I have a hollyhock, hollyhock I planted like. Five, six years ago, it still comes back every year. So either it's coming back, it's, even though it's not supposed to, or it just keeps dropping seeds and coming back. But it comes back in the same spot.、Um, Matheola, if you heard of that, that's called scent, that's scented stock, common name. Yeah, yeah stock. And, yeah.、Mm-hmm. yeah, so that could be started now. And let me see on my list. I think that's it. That's okay, everything this month. That's gonna, a big list. I was going to say,、uh, Julia <laughs> might be taking the Jack McFarland Award for the longest stretch of information. <laughs> the longest line of information. I can't believe that might have been three minutes. Three、uh, minutes of pure gold. So, you know what? When people start seeds early, you know, I mentioned this last time too. And I'm not saying start everything now. I mean, these are things that need the time. So I'm not saying get your tomatoes started. You know, don't start things now that don't need to be started now. But the things that take a long time need that extra time.、So、if you wait to start chili peppers, you know, at the end of April, they're not going to make it. You know, they need such a long growing window. They need to be a certain established size before you set them out. Otherwise, you're just going to look at a small plant all summer and nothing's going to happen to it. Now, so, okay, you know. Julia, I have buddies that are into the like, the ferociously hot peppers. Like the stuff that is like the next day, it's battery acid. Okay. Like it's absolutely, Love it. it's awful. So, chili head. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, called chili head. Chili. Crazy. So, when it comes to those, like the ghost peppers, the scorpion peppers, the reapers, the really, really ferocious ones, when should you be starting those? I'm not even sure if you know this. And are there any special conditions that they need to be growing that? They are so picky, but you, sh- you probably get them started. You should start them right away, early March. Um, if you haven't yet, as soon as you can get them started, they do take a really long time. I did try to grow a Carolina Reaper one year and it did grow really, really slowly compared to the others. So I, I believe that those should have been started in February if you are going to grow the really hot ones. And again,、uh, I think they need fertilizer. Like you need to feed them natural. You know, I like Gaia's Green. It's not really,、um, it's all natural, it's organic. And I just added to my starting mix. And we were going to talk about starting mix maybe. And so this is important. You want to have like nutrition in your mix, in your seed starting mix. Plain old pro mix by itself is not going to cut it for long or any kind of、oh, starting mix. That's yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. So when I do my seed starting mix, like what I do is I buy it by the bale, the pro mix BX. It has mycorrhizal bacteria. I like it because I find the BX itself doesn't have a lot of things in it. There's no real wood and pieces in it.、Yeah. Uh, because I start on a large scale, I need to buy the bale. But they sell Pro Mix 
organic seed starting mix, which I really, really like more. And it comes in a bag and it's, it has no pieces and it's so light and fine. It's wonderful. But because there's no nutrients in that, other than the mycorrhizal bacteria, which feeds the roots, I would say I add uh, worm castings always. Mm. So I, let's say I do three parts promix to one part worm castings. And then I do one part vermiculite because the promix comes with perlite which helps drain the soil, but I don't want it to drain it excessively because peat dries out quickly. So then I add vermiculite to the mix and that kind of allows some moisture to retain it within the mix. So okay, hold on. Whoa, 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 the fire hydrant is on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is a worm casting? Is this like worm poop? Worm poop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cause yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I wasn't aware that worms, like, do they are they molting? What kind of worms is she using? Is she using oh, worm no, mold? It's, like it's their poop. Okay. Anyway, like, you, you, you've done casting. you've done landscaping forever. You never went near golf greens. That's one of their enemy of golf greens. Wonderful. Julia Demacos joins us. Julia, if people would like to find you online, how do they do that? They can go to my website, juliademacos.com. Check out my YouTube channel as well, and I have a lot of how-to videos on there. If you go to YouTube dot com slash gardening girl you can find me there and i'm also on instagram at julia demacos and on facebook julia demacos gardening girl all right guys i'm going to call an audible at the line here we didn't get to trees lots of trees or even conifers yeah evergreens with flowering shrubs for the most part okay so next week we're going to do what half the show on uh on pruning again no i would say it's all on pruning okay so there you go next week we're going to touch on completely pruning spring pruning how to address your large horticultural organisms, your battleships, your aircraft carriers, and then getting down into the little brothers and sisters, the shrubs, in the springtime. Yeah, you have something to say? Yeah, I'm just going to say that certain plants, Matthew, especially flowering shrubs and so forth, they don't even need to be pruned until they're five or six feet tall. So think about that one for a right, minute. Right. Many thanks to Julie Demacos. JulieDemacos.com is the website. She's fantastic. Her website's great. It's super informative, as you heard, as you heard my mom say. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful resource. All right, guys. Springtime. We have a spring joke here. Watch this. If April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring, guys? Not a, not a clue in the world, no. Matt. Pilgrims. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mom? Till next time, have a good one. And please be safe. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.